All right. Hello and welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark. In this show, we talk about what's happening in the markets and how we're trading them. Today is Friday, November 4th, and we're going to take a look at the markets. Stocks were down back to back to back days with rate hike worries in the spotlight. Indices uh, set to snap a two-week winning streak. We're going to take a look at uh, what's going on and if the Dow can change that. All eyes on jobs today, an important uh, report this morning, and a little bit of a, a mixed message. Traders reacting in an interesting way. Earnings to digest as well. We have Starbucks, Square, PayPal, Coin to name just a few, and much, much more. Plus, I'll share two trades that I placed yesterday while the markets were tanking. We'll take a look at those. As you can see, there's a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. If this is your first time here, hello, my name is Mark Hodge and I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading. I'm flying solo this week, but on most days, uh, I'm joined by Marcus Heitkoder, Rockwell Trading's founder. And even though I'm flying solo, I promise you're in good hands. You could say that we have a ton of experience here at Rockwell Trading. We know our stuff and we're not afraid to tell it how it is. So if you're looking for some honest insight into the world of trading, you have come to the right place. Now, before we dive in and show you our trades, how we're tackling these crazy markets, let's look at what's moving the markets today. Let me go ahead and share my screen here. Here I have the S&P 500, and you see that this week has been an interesting one, kicking things off on no, uh, November, sorry, October 31st. We wrapped up the month of October, and it was a down day, but rather pretty quiet considering this huge run-up that we've had since the CPI report and reaction on October 13th. So on Monday, a little bit down, quiet day. On Tuesday, nice open, and then you had a reversal day. Still, all things considered, not that big of a deal, um, although we closed lower. Then on Wednesday, uh, that's when the Fed was in the spotlight, everybody paying attention to what the Fed had to say. And although the statement trader seemed to like that, the press uh, conference sent some concerns uh, into the market and traders uh, basically saying, whoops, this is going to be an issue for stocks. We had a big sell off on Wednesday and we also saw some follow through yesterday. So yesterday, the S&P down over a percent and now today. The focus is on jobs. And you see that we're actually trading higher right now. Pretty, pretty decent move higher, erasing yesterday's losses. Uh, not quite back to where we were at the beginning of the week or before the Fed. There's still some ground to cover there. But uh, a nice a nice update going into the weekend, at least so far, uh, erasing the losses that we had yesterday. So if we look at the week here. The week it, uh, for the S&P, we're down 3.1%. So uh, a pretty big reversal after a two-week win streak. It looks like for the S&P, that's going to come to an end, uh, that streak anyway. Uh, the NASDAQ, uh, a nastier move, lower down 5.6% uh, for the week right now, even though today we're up 1.4%. We see that on a weekly chart, this reversal in the NASDAQ this week, erasing the prior two weeks gains, uh, maybe a little bit higher if you look at this close on October 10th, but uh, just a, a rough looking chart for the NASDAQ. And then we look at the Dow. Well, 
Dow has actually had a four-week win streak. It does look like we could be coming uh, to an end here. Uh, the Dow, we need to be at 32.86.2, let's say. Uh, so the Dow needs to to make up, and it, well, it needs another another 250 points here. Is it possible? Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to see. But uh, the Dow definitely uh, hit least this week, and so far down just a percent compared to the S and P and the Nasdaq, which are much uh, lower. Well, we'll see what the Dow what the Dow can do here, but. Uh, why are the indices up today? Why are we trading higher after the jobs report? First, let's go to the jobs report and see exactly what was released. So first Friday of the month, you always have the jobs report consisting of three important numbers. You have average hourly earnings, you have non-farm employment change, and you have the unemployment rate. And it was interesting because average hourly earnings uh, went up a tick. Uh, they came in at a 0.4% higher versus the 0.3% that was expected. Uh, so this was great for the economy, bad for inflation, bad for the markets, um, based on what the Fed wants to do to, to try and uh, uh, take it, uh, care of inflation and bring those numbers lower. Uh, Non-farm employment numbers came in at 261,000 jobs added. Uh, above the 197,000 forecast. So this was strong. Uh, again, good news in general, bad news uh, for the market, you would think, based on uh, higher uh, rates and, and what the Fed needs to do to tackle inflation. But then you have the unemployment rate ticking higher to 3.7%. So the previous uh, month, it was at 3.5%. It was expected that there would be uh, a small increase. So uh, the forecast was 3.6%. So this was a bit of a surprise. So you could say that this was kind of a mixed report here, but not enough for the Fed to say, hey, the, we're we're weakening the the uh, the jobs uh, situation, right? Because again, it's right now we're in a good news is bad news, bad news is good news backwards type world where what's good for the economy is bad for the market and bad for inflation coming down. Um, so we actually wanted some bad jobs numbers uh, in theory um, for the Fed to say, hey, uh, we might be in a good place where we could start slowing down these uh, interest rate hikes to try and tackle inflation. Here it's mixed. If anything, you could say it's actually a little bit positive. And if we go to the E-mini S&P 500 and we look at the reaction this morning, uh, it was quite a move here. So if we look at the overnight session, we see that uh, we were just kind of drifting higher a little bit. And then this is when the jobs report was released. And uh, initially, traders said, this sucks, <laughs> right? What can the Fed do now? All they're going to do is keep raising rates. Um, and we had this quick sell-off. But then traders stepped in. Why did they step in? Well, it's probably really a little bit twofold here. Uh, one is... Traders might have said, you know, okay, so the unemployment rate is ticking higher. So the focus might have been more on the unemployment rate rather than the other two metrics that were uh, introduced. And also, it could have been a little bit of a, hey, let's buy the dip here, right? Because we've been down three days straight, because there's already been a, a, a big reaction to the downside. You know, at some point, 
there are things priced into the market. And that's why uh, it is important to trade what you see, not what you think, because there are times when you think things should move one way, but then there's already been that information that has been digested, that market participants have already pricing in. Um, so you could argue that even though the jobs report wasn't what we wanted, that a lot of that potential negativity and a, a jobs report that actually came in stronger than expected was essentially priced in or just that traders kind of discounted that news thinking that, hey, we already know the Fed's going to raise rates and it is what it is. There's other data to focus on now, CPI data, the PCE price index. Uh, but we can see what traders are betting on when we look at probabilities here. And we see that after this meeting, it does look like the 50 basis point uh, rate hike for December is edging the 75 basis point hike. So that seems to be the focus. We could look at the probabilities a little longer term. It still looks like traders are, are saying that December is when they expect the Fed to start decreasing their rate hike. So we're going to be in a high uh, interest rate environment for the foreseeable future. Uh, at any rate, traders saying that, hey, at least for now, uh, we're going to be buying this going into the weekend. And we'll have to see if that changes. So here we have a five minute chart of the S&P. You see the higher open, the strong start. There was a pullback and attempt to fill this gap and then a rally to session highs pulling back a little bit here, but still up for the day. So let's let's also see what's happening to the two year yield, because interest rate yields are also going to be in the spotlight. Let's go to a daily chart here. And yesterday, the two year yield hitting 15 year highs. This morning, early on, we saw a little spike and it has pulled back. So yields are down a little bit. We could also see what's going on with the VIX. The VIX is down, which would be expected on up days. You typically see the VIX falling and on down days, you typically see the VIX rising. Um, although we talked about the VIX over the last couple of sessions and maybe uh, traders not expecting as much volatility over the next 30 days based on S&P options premium. Uh, VIX falling today. Uh, crude oil, crude oil seeing a little spike up 4% and we still have some earnings to digest. So let's look at Starbucks to start the earnings review and Starbucks having a huge day, a uh, real nice day up almost 10% here. They did report better than expected earnings. You see that they reported better earnings per share. They also reported better revenue. Uh, they said that they hit a sales record in the recent quarter. Uh, they planned a multi-million dollar investment in new cafe equipment um, and also have some higher wages for employees, which cut into store level profits. But overall, uh, an earnings beat for Starbucks and investors are liking what they heard. We could take a look at Coinbase. C-O-I-N is the ticker. Coinbase also up, although really getting uh, beat up over the last couple of sessions. Uh, pretty nasty losing streak here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that eight, seven or eight days down? Um, so this, you're getting right back to what might be considered a support level. Uh, we'll see if it holds. Uh, Coinbase, they posted a loss in the third quarter. So we could see where we're at. The earnings per share, uh, worse loss than expected. Also lower reported revenue than expected. Um, crypto trading, of course, is its main revenue driver right now. Uh, crypto transactions are considerably down. 
And just a general rule of thumb here that uh, until proven otherwise will remain true when crypto uh, prices are higher. So looking at Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, whatever you want to look at, when we're taking off or making highs, we're approaching highs, everybody's getting excited about this uh, market. And that's going to help Coinbase when they're down and going nowhere. That's where volume dries up. That's where uh, Coinbase is not going to be as profitable. Um, so whether or not traders like this news or just thought, hey, you know what? It's not as bad as we expected. And uh, again, what's priced in after being down nine days in a row, traders might say, eh, maybe this is a buying opportunity now. We can look at PayPal, which traders are saying is not a buying opportunity. Uh, PayPal getting, oh, well, actually, they've, they've clawed their way back. This was down uh, considerably, down almost 3% now. Uh, Pre-market, it was down 7%, and it saw even a bigger slide. Uh, so they had an earnings beat, but they had to review uh, their, or they lowered their revenue outlook. So even though they had a better quarter, it's future uh, expectations that are hurting this one. But it looks like after the sell-off traders, uh, at least at this point saying, hey, we're, we're down for the day, but it's not as bad as we expected. Let's look at one more here. This is Square SQ. So Square, uh, they're up nicely, almost 17%. So huge reaction to earnings. Looks like we're getting towards uh, short-term resistance, maybe breaking through that level. They reported a quarterly loss, uh, but... They uh, EPS better than expected and revenue better than expected. Um, so it was better than analysts expected, um, even though they had a quarterly loss. Uh, traders liking that news, though, and a big, nice move for Square. So those are just some of the highlights looking at earnings. But I want to take a look at some trades that I placed. Uh, and Marcus uh, did as well. Uh, here we look at, uh, let's look at Marriott first. So yesterday, while the markets were falling and uh, Marriott, even though they reported better than expected earnings, they actually um, were down significantly yesterday. Uh, full disclosure here, I put on a trade, but I was not filled. Uh, we did have some of our mastermind members. We were looking at this together. Uh, and what took place here? I'll mention it because, in my opinion, at least right now, what I see with Marriott, this is a solid-looking chart. Uh, we see that there's nice support levels going back uh, for a while. And this is something that I've traded a few times this year. I've made money on uh, Marriott. Uh, we see that it does tends to pull back, trade in these ranges, and then buyers step in. Uh, and so far, this to me is just a good looking chart. And with the wheel scanner, we had the 138 strike pop up yesterday. Some traders took that. A 139 was available for a while. That Some traders took that. The 137 popped up and I was looking at the 136. The 136 was right at this support level that we have for our software. And I had an order in. And I just couldn't get the fill. We were trading near lows when I had that order. It started to drift higher. I decided, let me move my strike up to 137. So I adjusted it, tried to get filled at 137, but I was just a little too late. Couldn't get the premium that I wanted. Kept the order in for the remainder of the day. Um, this is where 
some traders will say, how, you know, how long do you have a, an order in? Uh, is it good till cancel? Is it daily? And for me, when I'm looking at entry orders, I put in an order that's good for the day and that's it. Because I want to reassess things the next day to see if there's a better opportunity, a better trade. So on entries, I'm always looking at day-to-day -day orders and I do not let something just sit there in the market and maybe get filled down the road or, or I forget about it, right? Uh, so this one expired. I did not get filled. A little bummed about this one because I thought it was a good trade um, and I am happy for uh, any of you who have the software that took it because it was solid and uh, the 130, the 137 was possible. It was just I was trying to go for the 136 and I missed that window. Um, but good trade. I know that some of the mastermind group took this one. Now, later in the day, we were looking at this and actually uh, I have to give Marcus a little credit on this one because uh, Marcus shot me over a message and said, hey, what do you think about American Express? And I looked at this one and thought. I like American Express, right? So let's take a look at the fundamentals. And, you know, here in the software, we could just click on this button and it takes us to this page. We see that the PE ratio, less than 15, that's a solid low PE ratio, dividend yield. So I'm not getting rich off of 1.4%, but if I end up owning this uh, stock, getting a dividends, a nice little bonus and uh, knowing that the company reimburses or they reward shareholders by paying a dividend based on the, the profits that they're receiving, that makes for a good quality stock in a higher interest rate environment. And if we look at the financials, we see that quarterly, nice quarterly net income here. So just solid every quarter. We look at annual numbers. Annual looks pretty good. Uh, here yesterday, the one 34 popped up and uh marcus was able to get a buck oh five i had to beat him uh by two two pennies getting a buck oh seven um so uh, this to me nice ranges nice support nice strike that popped up based on the software 141 142 today because uh american express is just soaring higher this to me would not be interesting because uh i don't see support here i i see support down here and when we trade the wheel Question, two questions, really. One, is it a stock that you want to own? Uh, if you don't know what the company does, it's good to do a little research and at least look at the four criteria that we just looked at together. Uh, and if you want to own the stock, the next thing is at what price do you want to own the stock at? And for me, 134 looks great. Uh, at this point, it looks like this is just going to move higher and we will have collected that premium, got paid in the meantime uh, to to uh, you know, take a little risk on the trade and, and to be a potential owner at 134. Um, if I do end up owning shares at 134, that's fine. I'm basically buying shares at a discount from where it was trading, right? Because it was around 140 yesterday. If I buy it at 134, I liked it, uh, but I'm buying it at a discount and I'm essentially getting a dividend paid to me up front, right? And options, uh, Trader said, hey, you know what? You take this buck 07, you take this $107 uh, per contract, uh, take it and own it at 134 maybe. Um, but that means that I can make money if the stock goes sideways. I can make money if the stock goes up and I can even make money if the stock goes down a little bit. If it falls even more, then I'm an owner at 134, which I'm happy to be. So that's the wheel in a 10 second recap, maybe 20. And uh, happy with this trade. Things are looking pretty good. Loving the move today. Open positions are looking pretty good. Um, and LVS is one that 
Marcus and I are both in, and we were looking at calls uh, this morning and uh, would love to see this one finally break to the upside. But our break, it's trading right around our break even right now. And uh, LVS, one of the one of the holdovers that we've been in for a while, looking good again today. So that's going to do it for today's uh, Coffee with Mark and normally Marcus. Uh, he will be joining me next week. Uh, until then, have a great day, a great weekend. We'll see you Monday and happy trading, everybody.